0: Welcome to the Draw Shop's Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to Get Genius. Welcome to another Get Genius episode. Uh, Today, we're going to dive into some really cool questions like, how to create multiple streams of revenue within your business. And I think you're going to have some ideas that that happen, like mine, <laughs> that often happens when I talk to some of these experts on the show. I start to... Uh, brainstorm and come up with all these ideas, and then I have to get back into the interview. But um, that happens today, and it's because it's a really good interview. It's freaking awesome, and it's with Jim Palmer, who is a marketing expert. He's a business coach. He's an entrepreneur. He's an author, and he's a speaker. He's the founder of both the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. And he uh, works to provide smart marketing and business building strategies for growth-oriented entrepreneurs and small business owners. And there is a difference between a small business owner and an entrepreneur, and you'll find out what that is on this episode. There's so many good things that you'll walk away with. I certainly did. I was taking notes throughout the interview, and I got pretty excited. Um, He's got a pretty incredible story that I'm going to let you listen to. Um, but it's it's one of those stories where he found himself going, oh, crap, what, what am I going to do here? I'm kind of like at the bottom here, and there's no place to go but up, and, and he does, and it's pretty incredible how he does that. We're going to hear um, a lot of cool tips on multiple revenue streams, how to have the business that you love, and what does that even mean? What does a dream business look like? What does a business that you love look like? And um, what kind of lifestyle do you want? How much do you want to work? And what kind of mindset do you need to have in order to grow your business and actually have multiple streams of income and, and be in that position where you say, hey, if something happens to me tomorrow, how will this business go on? And that's what Jim is really an amazing expert at. We have a really fun time um, talking about all kinds of things business, and marketing, really cool marketing tools, which I love and I'm definitely going to be using. And um, for any of you who are at any level, whether you're just starting a business, trying to figure out what type of business to start, or maybe you've been in business for years, three, 10 years plus, who knows, and um, you're ready to, to bring in some more revenue and scale it Jim is our expert for today, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear what he has to offer. And again, you're going to want to know more, so we'll provide all of those links to himself, his events, books, everything that Jim is all about on the show notes and the blog post. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Jim. Thanks so much for being on the show today.
1: Hey, Summer. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to be on your program.
0: Well, I'm super excited because I have a a lot of listeners that actually ask me, some of them are friends that ask how they should go about finding a coach or a mentor. What's the difference between the two of them? So I'm especially excited to have you on the show because that's what you do. And I feel like you have a lot of, um, unique perspectives on, on coaching and mentorship than some other coaches that I've spoken with. So I'm really excited for our listeners.
1: Well, that'll be fun. You know, I've been coaching since 2009 and looking back over the, I never actually added them up, but of all the people that I've been coaching with, um, I've actually helped more coaches start and, uh, start a practice and also ongoing coaches build their practice. And, um, some people are actually shocked by that because I'm a business coach myself or well, aren't you just inviting more competition? I said, first of all, we're going to fix that because that's a horrible mindset it, to have. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually talk about that. <laughs> I was going to ask you a whole nother question, but that's actually a really good point. Um, I'm a true believer of that. I'd love to talk about that with the competition and, and why we shouldn't look at it that way.
1: Well, first of all, um, somebody this will this will be a a story that can relate to this, and then I'll answer it specifically. But someone asked me once um, about a year ago. I was on a show, and they're talking about content marketing and things like that. And, you know, I've I've been doing a weekly video uh, for seven years, my podcast. I'm starting my sixth year newsletter, social media. I've written seven books. I speak. I do live. I do all this different stuff. And she goes, the question was, do you ever um, repurpose content? I said, all the time. And he says, are you afraid that somebody who follows you or a fan or whatever is going to see a video and then see the same thing somewhere else i said if if i thought my biggest problem was people were going to see me everywhere, my biggest problem would be my ego, because (laughs) honestly, you know, it's such a big world. And I think when people first become an entrepreneur or a small business owner, whatever terminology you want to use, we tend to think in terms of our own, our neighborhood or our local market first. I mean, we typically will start a business locally. And then if you're smart enough or being mentored properly, you'll start thinking nationally with, you know, using social media and the power of the internet and things like that. And so, you know, when I grew No Hassle Newsletters, I originally started the newsletter business and I had like 25 clients all locally. And next thing you know, I had hundreds of clients in nine different countries. And one of the things that taught me, and that was well before I started my coaching business summer, is that this is such a big planet. And the, the to think that I could be the best the only the first choice among all the really good business coaches out there would be a disservice to the people looking for coaches there's no way i would even even as good of a marketer as i think i am there's no way i'm going to connect with everybody the other thing which drives me and you know some people think that money is finite i don't think i don't think it is i think it's infinite i think there's always enough money and but money's always moving to where there's value um actually three of my current uh, clients in in my VIP coaching program are coaches. And, you know, one of them actually is doing something very similar to me, but she's attracting a different audience. She largely attracts a female audience of, um, you know, relatively new coaches. And if she had to niche it, it's probably more in the life coaching business. So, you know, we, we kind of use the term coaches with air quotes as doing yeah. right now. And, <laughs> and, it, and, but there's so many different styles of coaches. There's so many people, there's so many different people. Plus, you know, my own dream business right now is I only work three days a week. So even if I was, even if I was fortunate enough to be connected with, you know, 5,000 more people who would love to hire me, it can't happen. So anyway, I, I, I really, I really enjoy um, helping people shortcut and and save, you know, stop making the mistakes I made and, you know, help them get their coaching business faster because ultimately if if we can all help each other, I think, you know, the world would be a better place.
0: Oh yeah. So what was your journey and getting into this type of business? I know you've, I know you've had some pretty hardcore obstacles along the way.
1: I did. So I'll, I'll give you the kind of the three, I'll try and do a three minute version. But so uh, when I was 40 years old in, in 2000, I was VP of marketing for this training company and my position was suddenly eliminated. As they say. <laughs> so I was out of work and actually thought, you know, I had four teenagers at home and thought, well, I may be an entrepreneur someday, but now's not a good time. Well, a year later, I was still unemployed and I was diagnosed with stage two cancer. And so that was a really, pretty scary low point in my life. I did end up getting a, uh, a good job offer to help franchise this business. And then a few weeks after that job offer, September 11th, 2001 happened. And, you know, every, any business owner that had growth plans, put those on hold, including mine, my offer was rescinded and I was unemployed again. <laughs> um, and so it was in October, 2001, you know, I kind of found myself at a really, really low point and so low, I thought, well, the only place to go is up. And I was not only uh, broke. I was, you know, had a lot of debt, but I started my first business. And um, short story is, uh, about five years later, I was had multiple six figure revenues, and I was starting to make money again, which was pretty cool. But then um, I realized I didn't have much of a life because my wife Stephanie asked me, um, "When are we going on vacation?" It was like two thousand was the last time we went on any kind of vacation, and well, I thought we could afford one. I really started panicking summer because how in the world? Is, will my business continue without me yeah. i was I was the founder and president of my own corporation, as I said on my business card right? right with the glossy with the glossy finish, so I felt pretty proud of myself, but in reality, I was the sole employee for this business and i i i, I thought you know not only will i I not be able to continue to grow because i 'm the only one doing the work but i don 't want to work eighty hours for the rest of my life, and so I spent about a year really learning and studying internet marketing from from the best and the you know the brightest and I learned direct response copywriting I learned about leverage and long story short I opened my first online business which I mentioned earlier called no hassle newsletters and then i just kept going i uh started no hassle social media success advantage publishing concierge print mail on demand uh custom article generator and then about the 2009 time frame when i was i was speaking and i was going to different live events and people were asking me how are you starting all these businesses and and that was my first clue that people would be willing to um be part of a coaching program that i would lead so i started coaching and had big fanfare and um my first year I had six clients. <laughs> I have 48 now. So we, we've, we've grown nicely. And, um, but yeah, you know, it, and honestly, one of the biggest lessons, um, that I want to point out there, because it also happens to be a pet peeve of mine is I really went out and, and kind of proved my mettle. I actually did start many businesses. I, I became successful before I started a coaching program. You know, I, I think it's, it's a free country. You can do what you want. I I, be, I begrudge nobody a chance to make a buck, but I think if somebody if somebody's going to hire a coach um, to help them create some kind of a business, then I think they should have created that style that kind of business first. You know what I mean? Oh
0: yeah, I, I absolutely agree. <laughs> <laughs> so back to that question of finding the right coach or the right yeah. mentor. First of all, is there a difference between the two?
1: well mentoring. i I think there is, um but I think it's it could be a little blurry when I think of the word mentor, I think of somebody who you know, whether by age or whatever, somehow seems a little senior to you and maybe just senior in in the way of experience, and somebody who takes you under their wing and, and is willing to work with you. I had a mentor earlier in, in my business, and it wasn't a paid relationship, but that was a very powerful relationship for about a year and a half, so I think that's a mentor a mentor. I think a coach is somebody that you're actually investing with. In other words, you're you're putting up money to work with somebody who has done what it is that you'd like to do. And so, it for in my case, if somebody wants to you know have a, a successful coaching business, if somebody wants to understand the right branding and positioning, and especially if somebody wants to have multiple streams of revenue and and figure out how that's done, that would kind of be my calling card. There's other people who have other things. If you wanna if you wanna hire a um, a coach who can help you, for example, with Facebook marketing or something like that, there's no shortage of coaches. But you want you want to be careful that you you hire somebody again that's got the skill set that can help you do that. Um, It's interesting. I've I've been introduced to prospective coaching clients by current coaching clients, and they have used the term mentor. I don't correct them at all because I think it's it applies either way. But anyway, that's that's kind of that's how I feel about that.
0: So when you're working with people, one of your, one of the things that you encourage is building a business that you love. Yes. What what does that really mean?
1: Um, the terminology that I use is dream business. Um, and you know, so I, I came, well, first of all, it's obviously part of my, um, brand, you know, for, for many years, I, I was branded the newsletter guru by myself and I, it helped me grow a very successful business. And, you know, when I started coaching, I was actually just the, Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru, with a coaching program. Um, and so – but about – I guess about three to four years ago, I, I came up with the whole dream business concept, created Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching, Dream Business Academy, Um Dream business, this, that, and the other thing. So my definition of a dream business is this. It, it it's a business that continues to grow even during a crappy economy, it has multiple streams of revenue. It becomes an asset for worry for retirement because I don't the thought of somebody eating ramen noodles and being a greeter at Walmart when you're eighty five just doesn't appeal to me. Right. <laughs> so hopefully you have a business that doesn't just provide income, but it becomes an asset that you could that you could sell and, and help provide for a nice retirement. It's fun to operate. Uh, No more Sunday nights going, oh crap, it's Monday morning. You know, it's like, oh man, tomorrow's Monday. I get to get get back at it. And a dream business provides the lifestyle that you want to live and it allows you to give back and make a difference in the lives of others. That's how I would classify a dream business. Now from that template, Summer, um, I think everybody, and I encourage my clients to do this, figure out what, what really your dream business looks like and, you know, about uh, three years ago or four years ago, I started figuring that out because I was still coaching four or five days a week, and I said, "You know what, moving forward somewhere within within you know three to five years, I want to be in a position where I'm only co- working three days a week, so I actually have accomplished that. I started that two and a half years ago, so I coach my clients on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and I do no calls on Monday and Friday and so that was important to me. I also wanted to be able to um, you know, just go where we wanted to go and do what we wanted to do. And when my wife Stephanie retired from her career in uh, early childhood development, Uh, We sold our house of almost 30 years and we bought a big boat. And so I run my companies and we live in this boat full time. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I know. So we're up in Rhode Island right now. So we're near one of our daughters and two grandkids and and literally about two months or so. uh, We'll start journeying south and we'll spend the winter in Florida and then we'll drive back up for next summer. So it's really um, it's a big adventure, but it's really something that, you know, a lot of people think, well, when I retire, I'll do that. Well, you know what? I found out a long time ago in 2001 that you could your time could be cut short. Yep. Before you think so, so we we didn't want to approach our our old age having any regrets. So we we just figured out a way. Hey, we're going to do it now, and I'll I'll figure out the Wi-Fi, and I put a, I put it at my desk and computer right on the boat, so I have a place to work, and yeah. So that's what we're doing.
0: That is so cool. <laughs> so, cool. so I want to talk to you about um, multiple streams of income, like you you mentioned.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think people get overwhelmed with that. There's like one service that they provide, or there's one thing that they sell, and it's kind of beyond them to even think of how they could create multiple streams. How does one even get started with that?
1: First, you have to train your brain. Um, Sometimes I will say entrepreneurs uh, and small business owners, and somebody sometimes will challenge me, well, aren't they one and the same? Well, they're not, in my opinion. A small business owner is somebody who typically um, has a business that sells a product or a service, and in their mind, it really speaks to mindset. The way that they're going to continue to grow and add revenue and profits and things is by selling more of what they currently sell. Like if you if you uh, are a jewelry store owner and you you know you just keep selling more jewelry, maybe you stuff in another glass case and put the cases a little more crowded, but eventually you'll max out of your your jewelry store. You, let's, let's just say for argument, you're doing a million dollars in sales. And for three years in a row, you haven't been able to increase that because there's just no way to continue to you know, have more merchandise. You can't be open more hours. So as a small business owner, that jewelry store owner would probably think I've got to open another location because it's just more of what you're currently doing. An entrepreneur by contrast, is somebody who doesn't just think of sales, he thinks in wealth creation. Mm-hmm. So if I was that, if I was the jewelry store owner and I maxed out my sales, I, and let's just say, for example, the average jewelry store does, let's say $700,000 and I'm doing a million, I would probably launch some sort of a home study course information product. I might write a book, become a speaker, maybe some kind of a, a mastermind group for other jewelry store owners so I can share how you can get you know, a 50% increase um, in your sales per square foot or anything like that. So that's just a different mindset. I'm open to having money come into my business in different ways. Now, for me, when I started doing it, so when I created No Hassle Newsletters, I started having people because uh, I wrote my first book on newsletter marketing. And 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 so people would ask me about, um, hey, where should I get my newsletters printed? I know Jim, I can remember this. In your book, you talk about the, you know, the certain way to paper, how to fold it and this that, and the other thing. Can you recommend a good printer? Now I had been using a printer and I'm thinking, well, I could make a, a, a referral and hook this guy up. or. I could go to my buddy who's a printer and say, "Hey, I want to create a partnership where I'm going to create a website. I'll take the orders in, I'll get paid. You're going to your staff will print and mail them, and then you'll just send me an invoice and obviously I'll have a markup on what you charge me." So I created a business that way. And in reality, I'm it's a it's an it's another sale to the same customer group, you see? Right. And then and then Because I'm creating so much content every month and 12 different done for you templates, and I have a team of writers. I have writers in uh, England I have some in Canada I have some in this country so people said Jim I need some articles and blog posts and things like that I know you got a you got a good staff of writers been with you a long time can you refer them and I thought hmm people need custom articles so I created custom article generator <laughs> and when someone needs an article they they just place an order and um and then one of my writers will write that article they charge me and I I obviously collect the fee up front And it just kept going like that. No Hassle Social Media, very much a membership site like No Hassle Newsletters. Then I created info products. But the way – you know, some of the most expensive cost that any business has is is the cost of acquiring a new customer. And so what I say is instead of just selling that customer once and maybe doing some reorders or something, maybe get occasionally getting a referral, why not take that customer that you've already – you know, exceeded, cross the line of no like and trust because they've given you money, they're a customer. And why not figure out all the different ways that you can sell them things and make their life easier, better, faster, whatever, and, and just go that route. So, I mean, the catchphrase of everything I just said is when people are asking you or they're sharing what their needs are, just think to yourself, I can create a, I can either make a referral or I can create a revenue stream.
0: Right. So what are some other ways that people can learn from their customers in terms of where you are going in your business and what kind of multiple streams of income you can create.
1: I'm a big fan of surveys. And it's, I mean, I was doing surveys way before social media even made it far easier. I mean, well, yeah, there was like survey monkey and different things. And I'd survey my members, people who were paying me money said, Hey, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. And what's your top three needs right now? How else can I help you besides newsletters? What would be the most important thing if I was to come out there? You know, there's certain ways that you can phrase. And literally, if I had 300 people receive the survey, and I got only 50 people to take it. That's 50 people who who have needs. It is my perfect avatar because they are customers. And they're telling me about different things that they want. And I just got to figure out if there's enough people saying, I want this, then I figure out how to do that. Right. Um, it's not just throwing a dart at a dartboard and saying, okay, I guess this would be a, a good thing. You know, when you, uh, when you do, um, social media and, and, and quizzes and contests and things like that. Um, it's, it's not that hard to find out what the needs are. Uh, there's a very good question. I'm sure you've heard it before is, you know, it, on those, on those nights when you're, you get woken up at three o'clock in the morning and you're really worried about something in your business, what is that? Or some variation of that. Yeah. And when people tell you that, I mean, the very essence of creating a successful business is solving a problem taking care of the needs of your customers and doing so and, and being rewarded for doing that. So that's a couple of ways I could think of doing surveys and, um, and, uh, doing either directly through email to your, your customers or even, uh, through social media to people who follow you.
0: Do you ever, how do you feel about offering some type of incentive for people to complete the survey?
1: I totally always will do that. Yeah. Um, I'm very old school. I'm, I'm 59, by the way. And when I started in retail back in you know, 1974, um, in, I was still in high school, by the way. Um, <laughs> but th- I, the first place I worked, we had to handwrite the receipts. There wasn't even a cash register. And then later on, I was working for a business that did have a cash register, but we still handwrote the receipts. And I always remember, even back then, I didn't think it was my customer's job to do uh, the work of myself or, or my employees. And so when I saw a, um, an employee in the bike business, okay, you know, I'm going to write up here and they, and they'd flipped a little receipt around. Can you fill in your information? I would, I would school them not to do that again. You, what's your name, sir, or ma'am. And, and you write it down. Don't ask your customer to do work. And I think that same philosophy carries forth. If I'm going to ask somebody to take a a quiz, which could take anywhere from one minute to five minutes, it shouldn't take more than five minutes, or you're really infringing on somebody's (laughs) schedule. But if if I'm going to ask them to to help me, basically, I'm going to reward them. I might give them a PDF copy of one of my books, I might give them a video, I don't know. But I am going to reward them for doing that, absolutely.
0: What are some of your favorite marketing tools?
1: Um well, I teach something called the million dollar platform and it's every single way um that i that i mark have marketed and continue to market um you know I, i'm a big fan of podcasting video um speaking books article marketing, which is kind of not so much what it used to be but blogging all these different things are good and in reality the people that do achieve high levels of success and earn high incomes those are the people that have figured out either how to master their time and get them all done or actually much more powerful would be that they've delegated some of that so it gets done but they're not having to be the one to do that if that makes sense. Right. Um but you know the question you often get what's the one thing well you never want to have just one thing, but if I could only have one tool, I would, I would choose video because video is a way to connect with people. I mean, you know, we're doing a podcast, so it's voice only, but I'm quite animated right now. It's just the way I talk. I get excited. My hands are going and, 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 um, that doesn't come across on audio, but it comes across on video. And, you know, so in 2009, like a couple other friends of mine, when that Kodak flip camera came out for like $109. I got one and I started doing videos and got really pretty good at it. And actually the more comfortable I got with my own, just being myself, that's when my videos really started gaining traction. I just did it for week after week after week. And now, you know, uh, with Facebook live streaming, um, I've really become a fan of that. Not that I, I don't go overboard, but, um, I'm doing a whole series of uh, webinar trainings, and I use Facebook live as a way to promote it now when I jump on Facebook live I'm not promoting it for days on end I'll just jump on in the morning and honestly summer if three people watch or eleven people watch that doesn't concern me because I know over the course of the next couple of days a few hundred people will watch that um, so anyway there's there's so many tools that are absolutely free um, but you you have to put yourself out there and it's 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 interesting how many people are uncomfortable doing that.
0: Yeah, it's so true. What, what advice do you have for some people getting just getting started in video?
1: Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perfectionism is a... Business killer. All right. Um, the reason a lot of people don't pull the trigger, whether it's writing a book or starting a, 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 a podcast or doing video, is they're they're so afraid they're going to put themselves out there and it won't be perfect. And therefore, I don't want to do it until I feel 100% ready. Well, nobody feels 100% ready. Right. Nobody thinks if you've ever heard your voice thinks your voice is appropriate or it sounds <laughs> you know like you're from another planet. If you're really critical of yourself, but you know my hairline's wrong. I'm too fat. I don't like my nose. Oh my gosh, I can't string two sentences together without it being a challenge. Everybody's very critical of themselves because they're really concerned what other people will think. Well, the honest truth is there's there's not a single person on, on the planet that's perfect. We all have our flaws. We all have strengths. And when I, so one of the things I teach people, and this is helpful because the whole thing about perfectionism, uh, where people struggle with it stems from They don't want to be criticized, the fear of criticism. And so one of the things people can do, and it's not easy, but it can be done and it gets easier, is you want to make a choice. You actually make a conscious decision that you're going to choose to be judged on the quality of the information and content that you're providing and the value that you're providing and not the imperfect way in which you provide it. So I'm quite sure because of the number of interviews I do and things, and I know that my books are not perfect, but I, I do know that there's, there's a lot of value in in the books. There's a lot of value in me doing interviews like this, even though I'm sure I'll stumble across a word or say something that I, I'll, after we hang up, I'm quite sure I'll go, damn, I wish I didn't say that. <laughs> but I think overall, the content is going to carry the day. And I, I think people just need to hold on to that.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I would love to talk uh, about no hassle newsletters and let our listeners know what that is. Um, I, I, th- I believe it's it's also a business opportunity. Correct.
1: It is. It's a done-for-you. It's. I think it's the best done-for-you newsletter marketing system on the planet. How's that for chutzpah? I love it. <laughs> and, yeah. So every month, uh, we provide uh, 20 pages of content, and it's. I'm talking about articles of a whole variety of topics that uh, members are free to use in their newsletter. I also have, um, there's a membership level where we provide done-for-you templates, like 12 of them every single month. We have black and white color. We have at least 10 different issues that are uh, focused on certain niches, and most of the popular ones, lawyer, dentist, um, accountant, real estate, chiropractor, and, and a bunch of others. And then we, we also, uh, if, if you have a, a template that's not you don't feel as covered by what i'm offering we can create custom mastheads so we one of our artists will simply design a masthead and you can swap it out and now your newsletter is 100 percent custom to you but every month we do that and our newsletters are so good because I've, I've been doing this since i was 21 our newsletters are so good you could actually send them out with just putting your name and address and they're going to work for you but people who want to take maybe 20 minutes or half an hour and just swap out one or two stories like I like to put in a success story about how you've helped somebody else. And maybe what I would just consider a human interest story, maybe it's you just took a vacation or in my case, hey, we bought a boat or the dog on the boat, something that shows you in a personal way that's not business related. Right. Um, it, and you do this every single month. You will absolutely get more repeat and referral business. And um, our, our clients... Once they uh, once they join our program, they stay for for many many years because we just make it so easy.
0: And it's it's any industry.
1: Any industry. Okay. Yep. And Very
0: we
1: cool. have a program which I think you were referring to as far as a business opportunity. We have a program called Master Reseller, where somebody who um, this would actually be another revenue stream. So exactly. (laughs) If if you're a coach and a lot of my resellers are coaches. So if you're a coach, like a marketing consultant, and you're somebody who, like I do, believes that uh, building stronger relationships with your customers is a good idea. And you tell people you should be doing a newsletter yet, you know, they're not going to, uh, you become a master reseller. And then you take every month, you get all the same content, all the templates, but you can resell it to your customers as your own. Right. So, um, that's a really good opportunity to add add another revenue stream
0: so we are we create animated marketing videos whiteboard videos cartoon videos um different styles so just as an example if we wanted to add that as a another stream of incomes another service for our clients that we've, we've already retained then that could be something that we do for them where we put out a newsletter and we could insert um a drawing for them or some type of cartoon, something that we're you know is unique to us.
1: Absolutely. And I, I do believe in in using offline marketing and drive people online and vice versa. I mean, your paper and ink print newsletter, that's, by the way, that's the only way to get 100% deliverability is actually mailing it because, you know, with all the spam filters and stuff. But that gets in the hands of your customers. And if you showed a picture of your animated video and you included the arrow, you know, let's use the video arrow, and you describe this thing, hey, go here and you're going to see this, blah, blah, blah. People will then probably open their computer or their phone and they're going to go there and then they'll see it. So, I mean, it really is quite quite effective. And you know, for you as a company to use a print newsletter is one of the best ways to actually sell the service because you really got to walk the walk. And so what I suggest to people it's the same newsletter. So let's say you Summer, are sending out your newsletter to all your customers every so often, maybe every other month or so, you could put a freestanding insert um, so if your newsletter is 11 by 17 folded to 8.5 by 11, that's a, a four-page newsletter. You could put a freestanding insert, which would be an additional 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper inside, and it kind of rides along for free, hence the freestanding insert name. Right. And, and you could actually promote a done for you newsletter service and you could say something like hey if you've been enjoying our newsletter and would love to send something like this to your clients with content that you know they'd love to read but you don't have time to do it contact us and we can actually do that for you now that's another revenue stream for you your client once once you start doing it for your clients what i mean is your newsletter clients they're going to love it cuz it's going to work in their business and then they're just going to keep paying you to, to do it for him.
0: i love that that is that is so super cool and of course my mind is going with so many different <laughs> ideas <Focus on laughs> so on the great. <laughs> well you know i know i know you know and the cool thing um about that is I, I just a uh, podcast that I had about a week ago, we were talking about direct mail and, you know, getting printed mail and how it used to be your mailbox was just flooded with so much junk. And, and now it's kind of shifting, you know, our mailboxes aren't as full anymore because everybody's doing email. So it's a great opportunity to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, but I got I got to answer the question that some of your some of your listeners are probably asking. Yeah, but what about the printing and postage? Okay. I'll use, uh, I'm just going to use an even number because I'm, I'm math challenged. If you have a thousand customers and you say, I totally believe in the newsletter concept, but I'm going to just send an email newsletter and say printing and postage. If you if you get a three to 5% open rate in your email newsletters, you're like a friggin' rock star right now because yeah. of, I mean, the term newsletter is one of the, is one of the top five or six spam filter words anyway. <laughs> so what that means is let's go with 5% and you got a thousand customers and you're going to say printing and postage, 950 of your thousand customers are not hearing from you Right. you're still invisible to them so yeah the 50 that are getting it if they read it you're in good shape because it did what there wasn't a large cost However, if you, if you truly believe in the power of engaging your customers and showing them appreciation, and by the way, having them get interested in other things that you do, other ways you can help them, then for goodness sakes, it's worth 80 cents or a buck a month or whatever it costs you to stay in front of them. And by the way, when, you, when they receive a paper and ink newsletter in their mailbox and nobody else is doing it, you are already standing head and shoulders above the competition.
0: Yeah, so true. So, so great, so um that's the the done for you no hassle solutions correct it is <laughs> yes um let's talk about the dream business academy and what that what that's all about
1: so that is um it's a live event that I started doing um i think three and a half four years ago now i'm doing my uh, I got one coming up in a few weeks um and it'll be my seventh event. And I do it approximately twice a year. It's like every eight months or so. Uh, it's a three-day event that I do. It's a pitch-free zone. I, w- I, I went to so many live events and seminars. I learned about what I didn't like and what most people most people groaned when every hour you put up a speaker and then he, a, a order form comes whipping down the table. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So this, my event is completely different. I actually teach you the principles of a dream business. I pull the curtain back on my own business. I bring in my own team to speak. They speak on their own. There is no selling. It's a hundred percent content. Um, and I do over the three days, I do at least 20. And some, I think the last time I did 25, what I call profit seats, which are kind of business transformations on stage, which are a huge hit because people get so many ideas, even if they're not the one getting it right um and so that's it it's a it's it's a really cool event I, I teach the million dollar platform every level of it why it's important why you need to do it uh, teach a lot about the power of branding and and creating celebrity expert status for yourself um so dream um, biz academy dream Bus- business academy is is uh, where they can find out more information on that
0: okay And if they can't attend an event, you have something um, called the Ultimate Dream Business Home Study Course.
1: I do, and it's actually – I actually don't have that available uh, year-round. I only bring that out a couple times a year, Um, but basically I've been creating uh, home training programs. I started with uh, double my retention, which I was able to do with my different programs, Uh, Mars training program. How to sell from the stage, and I put all my all my uh, training courses, my books, all the different things I've done. I put them into a big bundle, and and I sell that. So, it is called the Ultimate Home Study Course. But as I said, I only roll it out a couple times a year.
0: So, if somebody's interested in working with you as as a coach, where can they find more information?
1: Uh, dream biz coaching, dream B I Z coaching.com. And, uh, they'll say I have three different coaching levels, depending on how, how quickly and, and and how fast and how big you want to grow your business.
0: Fantastic. There's so many, so many good pieces of wisdom throughout this whole interview. And what I love is just the example with the newsletters is there's something that you're fulfilling a need for your clients your customers, and at the same time, by offering it as something that they can then become a reseller of, you're kind of eliminating that whole competition and working with them, you know, instead of going, Oh, nobody else better do this. Instead, you're providing something that they can do as well. So that's just awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, you know, what was interesting is after um, I had like hundreds of people using the program, and people would reach out and Is there any way you'd tell me how you did that? Now, I don't think exactly say that. But I said, well, first of all, I've been doing this for years. And why would you just reinvent the wheel? Right. I mean, if you want to sell newsletters, you can hire your writers, your own designers. You can build out your membership site. Why don't you just start selling my stuff? Just present it as your own. Yeah. It's a whole lot easier.
0: So cool. I love that. And just another another revenue stream. Yes. Well, Jim, you have been so awesome. I want everybody to go and check you out. Can they find your books and, and everything about Jim um, on that site?
1: Yeah, getjimpalmer.com is my home base. And you can, from there, link to the videos, the podcast, the you know, Dream Biz Coaching, Mastermind, all that different stuff. That's a good home, that's a good place to start out.
0: Okay, perfect. And we will have links to that in our blog post and show notes so that it's easy access for everyone. And um, this has been awesome. Thank you so
1: much, Jim. Thanks, Summer. It's been a real pleasure to be on your program.
0: Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. Thank <laughs> you.